everyone and welcome to your NARSA weekly update for the week, the year, commencing Monday the 1st of January 2024. It's Gary here again and of course first things first, Happy New Year to each and every one of you bears all across the globe. Thanks a million for joining me as we embark on our fourth calendar year and in broadcasting into your ears uh, since we started this one in December 2020. So I hope... 2023 was as good as possible to you and 2024 brings you even more health, success and joy and of course a successful conclusion to the 23-24 season with at least two more trophies, hopefully three. Well, I don't know, how about this roller coaster that we're on with this team, this club that we support right now, eh? Wow, how, how things can change and change very, very quickly. This time last week we were looking forward to smashing Ross County. Then going into the, the game at Sharkhead, knowing that a win would take us a point ahead of them with a game in hand to end the year. And then the midweek game is postponed and, and we didn't enjoy the best of fortunes on, on Saturday. And we're now eight points behind, albeit with two games in hand, of course. But, you know, the, the old adage of we'd much rather have the points in the bag probably is fitting for this. And this is honestly, this is why I absolutely love the sport. I absolutely love our team and this intense level of competition. I literally absolutely love it. And it's, you know, more to come in 2024. So for the first time in 2024, let's go through the game segment, which is, of course, going to be 50% lighter than it was anticipated to be. So just the one game. Uh, this last week is the Ross County game was postponed. It was postponed early on Wednesday. I got up, I'm seven hours behind the UK time, and I got up early Wednesday and, and saw the, the notifications on, on the... Uh, the, the various social media outlets, I guess it was, from from the club, and it was called off due to weather conditions that made it too dangerous, or, or possibly even impossible, I think, maybe, for, for the Ross County team to get to Glasgow for the game. So, you know, a couple of things on this. Why schedule games in Glasgow for teams in the North East around about the festive period, you know, or, or vice versa. You know, why why would we want to travel up there? I, I think we've done that at times in the past. I mean, like, be fair to the teams, you know, have us play against, even going to Edinburgh, even going to, you know, um, Paisley or whatever, the most beautiful town in the world, of course, um, stuff like that, instead of having everybody travelling all over the place. But notwithstanding that, why not then look at the weather forecast and plan ahead? And, and why are they not travelling down? Why is Ross County not travelling down the day or the night before, and quite honestly, I didn't realise that we we don't do that until the, the the away game to Dundee earlier in the season. When you remember, we got delayed. We were delayed by about an hour, or, or something like that. And then obviously the pyrotechnics took over, and we got delayed even more after that. But I just always assumed that that there was always lots more preparation that went into that. And you know, so this is not a complete criticism of Ross County. And, and my understanding is it wasn't even Ross County that had done the the cancellation or anything. It was the SPFL the police or whomever, I'm not exactly sure, but it wasn't the clubs that had anything to do with that. But, you know, one thing I would like to know about how much money that costs, you know, behind the postponement of a game on game day, because it can't, it can be insignificant, you know, to do that. And, and at least some good came out of it with Rangers donating all the perishable food that was brought in for the game to, to the local homeless charities and, and that's of course just another class move by our class club and it's nice to have a wee bit of good to come from such an inconvenience but possibly that may have to be looked at because I, I just assumed I mean, especially for 
you know, that three or three and a half, four hour journey from the northeast down to the, the kind of west central Scotland has to be, you know, you'd think that, that I mean, that's, that, that can't be good for the preparation, even for, you know, the, the physical preparations for the game, either just sitting on a bus for that amount of time. Anyway, yeah, just, it was a bit of an inconvenience. I was really looking forward to that. You know, I wasn't overly looking forward to, you know, the possibility of more injuries, but um, that we obviously will we'll never know what actually was going to happen in the game until we play it, which is probably going to be about the February time frame or so. Anyway, I've delayed it for long enough on to Saturday's 2-1 defeat by that mob at Sharkhead. The not having the Ross County game meant that we did have the opportunity for, for some rest and recovery and some training and preparation for Saturday. And, and as I mentioned, there like no more injuries for our squad. And, and at the time, my main concern was for Dessers, um, ironically, you know, because he was our only recognised striker and, you know, he was in form leading up to, to the game. But with the benefit of hindsight, I don't think it would have made much of a difference as as we all got to witness the the regression back to type uh, of, of this guy, I'm afraid. We just, overall, I think we just never hit the heights um, that we have done in recent games and we're forced into some mistakes that we kind of don't normally make. The atmosphere... The atmosphere is just weird when it's only one set of fans, and but that's not the reason that we lost. We lost because we continue to do the same things against that team. It's conditioned into many members of of the team, I'm afraid, and it won't change for the better until we change the players. It's just the way that that it is. We did start the game well enough, and it was it was quite end to end. But no. No real chances being created. And then, of course, Callum McGregor, two fouls, two whistle-blown fouls in the first two minutes. And that's just the story of these ga- these games for him, isn't it? Let him foul and foul and foul and foul and foul and then give him a token yellow card at the end of the game when it's completely inconsequential. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Their, their first goal was an absolute farce of a goal with Sima completely fluffing the header. I've seen the goal so many times, I have zero clue what the guy was doing, uh, fluffs a header from the corner to put it right in the middle of the penalty area and then their fella rifled it in at the back of the net, quite a good finish there actually and I, I, don't, I don't know what he was doing, I can only think that he shut his eyes as that, I mean, that goal was completely on him, that was his fault and and there's no other way to get around that you know and then after that we we had the Dessers of old didn't we, um, through on goal and then he decided to do Absolutely nothing, and that was literally the best chance of the game gone, wasted on, on that guy. We also had McCausland through, um, who, who wasn't quite decisive enough, I don't think, at that point, and then we had a, a really good move where McCausland got a shot away that was really well saved, actually, on the, on the replay. I thought it was a good save at the time, and then watching the replay back, it was a, it was a terrific save by Joe Hart, actually, and, and then in the same passage of play was when we should have had what is now the infamous penalty for, for handball which would have resulted in the right back uh, Alistair Johnson receiving his second yellow card and then a red and then you imagine that the form that Tav's been on from the penalty spot we would have scored that and then we're going to half time with a man advantage and the game all level but nope and what proved to be one of the quickest VAR decisions I think you'll see in any season it was waved away and a goal kick was given and the entire world sees that it's a handball, and it's universally agreed, even by the you know by the most bitter of Celtic pundits, that we should have had a penalty. Then midway through the second half, you know this is like half an hour. This is probably about forty minutes, forty-five minutes later, VAR in some way gets an announcement out that it wasn't given because of an offside earlier in the passage of play. Right, 
So if you feel like it, and I know it's going to be a painful watch, but watch the highlights again now, folks. If you go to YouTube and watch the highlights again, the story is told very, very, very differently with the VAR offside convenience being shown immediately. So it looks like the ref is responding to the VAR thing. And this is the SPFL highlights that I was watching on, on YouTube. You Honestly, you could not make this utter cheating garbage up, could you? Uh, you know, when I say... So when I said earlier there, some of our squad are conditioned to act or behave or perform in a certain way against that mob. So are referees. And you could see that with the entire referee team from Nick Walsh on the park to Kevin Clancy as the fourth official. And of course, Willie Collum on, on the VAR. And I'll get to them later um, on the on the referee watch. But the, the second half starts and we give their centre forward way, way, way too much time on the outside of the box. And he gets to control it. He gets to set it up. And then he sends an unstoppable shot past Jack Butland. It was a it was a it was a brilliant shot. I think it was deflected a wee bit as well. A wee bit difficult to see on the replays, but that's not even two minutes. And yes, the finish was a brilliant finish, but we know what this guy can do. And it's not as if he had to show any sort of tremendous movement to carve out the space. We just stood up, Connor Goldson, just stood off him and let him do what we know he can do. We'll, we'll never learn. We'll, I guess we'll just never learn. That's just the way that it's going to be. But. Here's a difference maker for me at this point, and and I think this is the this is the positive part that's coming here, here now, folks. Is um, you know the, the obvious influence of, of Philippe Clement on this squad because even when we were two down, I didn't think I didn't get that impression that they were going to go on and really batter us like they have done in the past. I didn't have that thought at all. Actually, I thought we settled in. They had more possession and such, but. You know, we didn't shrink, we didn't hide, we didn't go away, and, and even when Liam Balligan had awful control on a on a pretty poor Conor Golson pass. Conor Golson had a, had a day to forget, I think, overall, but, um, you know, he left himself with no choice but to bring their guy down as the last man and get the red card, and once again, we're contributors to our own downfall them against that, against that mob, and their guy who scored the first goal, who, you guessed it, is on a yellow card, goes in heavy on Goldson, doesn't receive a second yellow, because that's not what you do it against them, and then the right-back elbows Sima out of the game, and obviously doesn't receive a second yellow card, because that's not what you do against them, and then later on in the game, what was it, the 90th minute or so, Tav smashes in an absolutely brilliant free kick with a, a wonderful, literally a world-class strike, I mean, Joe Hart was right underneath it and couldn't do anything about it, <laughs> it was brilliant, and then they're the nervy ones at the end of the game, but we just didn't have enough quality to, to create any meaningful chances after after the goal, and we had to accept that the difference makers were were the, the strikers and you know they took the chances and, and we didn't and that's the kind of story of this Rangers squad right now the, the positives the main positive I think overall is that I won the 50-50 at the club and that resulted in $15 of well $15 Canadian just to be super clear of clear profit for me yep that was the there's a you know what there's a fruit tree that I've been I've been eyeing at the local supermarket here for for quite some time and if I get one more win like that I might just be able to go and get it and surprise Leo so you never know but back to the back to the team we didn't give up we did our best with with who we had I thought Rid Van Yoma has played probably his best game for us too he just didn't seem intimidated at all had a really good game against Maeda down on, on the left-hand side, and for some reason, folks, I don't know what it was, I felt I felt okay after this game, as it showed more positives than negatives for me. I know that some people were very upset about it, and, and you know, tempers are flaring, and, and, and some uh, nonsense is kind of flying around and stuff like that, but 
I seen more better thing, more, more good things than than I did bad things. You know, we we know what we get from. You know, we, I think we've seen all sorts of sides of Tav. You know, um, quite wasteful in, in defence, but then you see that free kick and he was bombing up and down there doing what he can do, or doing the best he could do to to, to ring it as there. We've seen the, the best and worst of Connor Goldson. We were uh, very light in midfield and things like that. But you know, it was it was okay. You know. Negatives, the score, of course, and, and that first goal, that first goal, really, really tough to take, you know, I mean, it's very, very difficult to win any game at Sharkhead, but when you're gifting them goals like that, especially the first one, um, Seema, he, he caused it, uh, quite frankly, and, and he didn't have his best games, and onto that, I mean, our big players, our big players of late, anyway, Seema, Dessers, Cantwell had an apt, had an afternoon to completely forget, didn't they? And I'm not blaming them at all. I mean, you can't. It's just it's, that's the way the sport goes. Sometimes you're you're all up for it. You're doing your pre-match interviews. Everything seems to be going well, and then come game time, it just doesn't happen. So again, I'm not I'm not blaming them. I'm not I'm not being in any way disrespectful to them. But they just did not play well at all. And yeah, I think the more we see McCausland, you know, I think the more it's pretty obvious. He is a young boy. He is raw. I don't. I think he could do with a wee bit of a breather, and he does not have one defensive bone in his body, does he? <laughs> the boy. I mean, he's good in attack at times, you know, but he just he switches off completely when it comes to doing his job to try and cover for Tav bombing up there or something like that. You know, he's obviously young. He's going to be able to learn that stuff that can be coached. But it's kind of grim watching at times when you when you see that the boy just doesn't know what he's doing when it comes to defending. And then we also had other connection problems again for the second game in a row. That was a cup final, then the Old Firm game at Pinbar. So we need to do some real technical re-evaluation there because it's it's an absolutely dire, embarrassing situation down there. We must have froze about eight times or so, something like that. Thank you very much to everybody for their patience uh, during the game, and that's not something that we're going to we're going to repeat at some point as we go at any point as we as we go forward. In terms of the stats, we had forty four percent possession. We had eight shots on goal, which uh, included three on target, and they had nine shots, including five on target. I actually don't remember that many, but. You know, anyway, the, the stats aren't absolutely horrible and I'm not a big stats guy in terms of, you know, kind of using that to mask what happened or anything like that. But, you know, they're not horrible. Let's just let's just say that. And on the referee watch, here we go. Right, so if you listen back to any of the pods that I've done before, it's certainly the ones that I can re- recollect anyway, where Nick Walsh is the referee, I think... Overall, I've been quite happy with his with his fairness, with his performances, and you know his overall kind of demeanour in on on the field. But he had an absolute nightmare day on Saturday. The only the only decision he got correctly that I can remember was the Balogun red card. But those are the easy ones, you know. He fluffed it yet again with McGregor, who had enough fouls to get sent off three times in the game. He fluffed it with Bernardo, who should have got a second yellow for for the foul on Goldson, so much so that Rogers took him off straight after that. He completely fluffed it. I don't know what it is with this this guy Johnson at the right back. He is is a little... I'm not going to swear. I'm not going to swear. He is a runt, a little Canadian runt who had enough fouls in the game to, to merit... Again, like McGregor, two two red cards, and I, I don't I don't understand it. And there's obviously a thing, and I guess it's is it years and years of of really just leaning heavy on on the the establishment to to get all the all the the decisions going your way or whatever. And there's obviously something that when you put that captain's armband on with a with a green and grey shirt on that you just don't get booked. It was the exact same with that 
clown that was in the in the captain's chair before him as well. I, I don't I don't get it. He fluffed it completely. I'm talking about Nick Walsh here um, by yellow card and Philippe Clement for protesting a throw in that was absolutely our throw in, and he awarded it to them. And Kevin Clancy is standing right next to it, and then he goes on a wee booking spree. Uh, no, not Kevin Clancy, but Nick Walsh goes on a wee booking spree at the end uh, to make it seem like he refereed it f- fairly. I think it ended up with something like. Seven yellow cards to five and a red or, or something like that. I can't exactly remember what it was. But his job is to get control of the game at the beginning and avoid any controversy as the game progresses and he completely failed. He completely failed to do that and then add into the fact that he's assisted by Clancy and Colum and yeah, what do you expect? The farce of the handball, the resultant offside excuse will haunt this refereeing team forever and the East End mob know that they had an extra man on Saturday. 100% they did. And he's getting, so Nick Walsh, and this is kind of like an entire uh, team award for this year, uh, this this week, sorry. He's getting he's getting a 2 out of 10, and he should be bloody lucky and thankful for a 2, and he should be literally ashamed of his performance. It was absolutely pathetic. <sighs> okay. One game this week, and uh, then it's the winter break, and it's against Kilmarnock tomorrow, Tuesday the 2nd of January at 10am Eastern Standard Time, 3pm UK time, and you'll remember our last game against them was the first game of the the season, and it was that 1-0 defeat on the very first day, where we had, I mean, I guess with the benefit of hindsight, we had a real understanding of how much work this team of ours really needed to just get to be competitive. Now, here's the thing. Kilmarnock had a great result at Sharkhead a couple of weeks ago and they're, they are really doing very, very well of late. So a victory in this game is not a given. But we, I feel like we owe them one and we owe our fans one after after Saturday as well. So nothing less than three points will do. And of course, the folks from the East End have a, have a tricky tie tomorrow um, at, at, what would that be? Uh, noon Eastern Standard Time where they go to the most wonderful town in in the history of the world in Paisley and place at Murn who are also having a, a good season as well so you never know we could be back to a bit of status quo here um, f- fairly shortly so so other than that uh, we'll see how it goes uh, for RTV nothing I never received anything from an RTV perspective other than the, the junk uh, uh, the junk uh, connectivity issues that we had in Pinbar, as I say, but that was nothing to do with our TV. That's just the network down there. On to the shout-outs. I'd like to congratulate a very good, close, good personal friend of mine, Alex McLeish OBE now, and, and being awarded the OBE, of course, in the King's New Year Honours list. I did pass on congratulations to Alex already, and and he was very thankful for that. Do you know what he did? He actually said thanks and then talked about the old firm game straight away and his disappointment as not getting a result. <laughs> That's just typical Alex. And uh, But he was very thankful. I passed it on, of course, on behalf of, of Narsa. But if you look at the article that's on the Rangers website and, and look at his career, it's, it's kind of sometimes easy just to kind of forget how much of an impact on the game that he has had. His career was absolutely incredible from a playing perspective, of course, at Aberdeen and then, you know, manager at Motherwell, manager at Hibs, then what he did for us at Rangers, of course, was incredible. And then what he did for Birmingham, getting him promoted, winning the League Cup there and then, of course, kind of being... The, the kind of, one of the, the main key parts of of, um, of Scotland's resurgence to, to kind of prominence on the 
on the international stage as well. So good, I'd, I'd urge you to take a wee peek at that as well. It's incredible. You know, he's one of our own, and he's he's still kicking around and doing uh, doing some great stuff on on behalf of the charities that he's supporting as well. So congratulations to Alex. I'd also like to welcome Fabio Silva, who joins us on loan from Wolves. I have to say, I don't I don't really pay much attention to any other football other than. Rangers to be quite honest so I don't really know too much about him but he has a great pedigree from from what I've read and he seems really really enthusiastic to get going we need some help up front so hopefully he'll make a bit of a difference for us I'd also like to I did this actually last night at the pin bar when we had our new year do as well but I'd also like to congratulate uh, one of the mainstays in the Rangers Supporters Club of Calgary Hammy his wife Anne Kavanagh who has retired officially as of yesterday after get this 50 years with the Royal Bank of Canada, Dominion Securities, 50 years. She joined it straight from school and never left. And if you see all the booze that her folks got her as leaving gifts, she's going to be she's going to be okay for a couple of months, I would imagine. But it's an incredible achievement, isn't it? You don't hear that anymore. You know, people sticking around for such a long time with the same company. So congratulations to Anne. She's such a sweetheart. And looking forward to her retirement and hanging about with Hammy a little bit more as well. On the convention update, nothing really material to, to share other than what I'd shared last week. We, we do have some dialogue going with both of the properties. I think I owe them a wee bit of a something. I can't remember exactly what it is. I need to get I need to get them some information, and I'll get I'll get onto that. I'll get back on the, the kind of admin chair here over the next couple of days once the, the holiday season kind of really starts to wind down properly and then we'll get more going. Just another reminder that Billy Brownlee and the Orsa crew are heading to the Sunshine Coast and to Queensland, Australia for the Orsa convention on February the 29th to March the 3rd as well and I'll keep the link in the blurb for, for anything that you want in terms of information and how you can help them with their fundraising and the like as well. On other business, just I think I mentioned, I think I mentioned this the last couple of weeks that we we have our, our general meeting coming up here and we've got it um, scheduled for or slated for the 3rd of February so just kind of after we get going a wee bit there we'll, we'll get that get, we'll get that organised we'll get the, the documentation out to each of the clubs and we'll get that meeting going and we are going to be talking at that meeting about what if anything we want to do from a get together perspective that would be a sort of kind of informal replacement to the 2024 convention as well so there are a couple of a couple of clubs that have expressed interest and we also have have a, a fellow, a friend of NASA as well, Shane Nicholson, who's offered up his area as well. So we've got some options there. So we want to talk about whether the membership actually want to do anything. If they do want to do anything, what would it be? Where would it be? What would they be willing to, to sign up for? And that kind of thing as well. So that's a that's an important meeting. They're, they're, quite, they're usually quite under... Uh, under attended I guess it's probably not the best English I'm using here but uh, we do really need everybody to attend that one and it will only take about 45 minutes of your time to get through all the business and stuff like that as well so we really appreciate your attendance on the communication front for this week there was no jails guide that I noticed today but what I can tell you is that the press conference will have been today probably maybe yesterday for, for the Kilmarnock game tomorrow we have the Kilmarnock game of course tomorrow 10am Eastern Standard Time and then we kind of go into a wee bit of hibernation we'll see yeah, we'll see what happens um, over over the next wee while because obviously Rangers are still chasing a little bit of um, clarification from the SPFL to, or maybe it's SFA I'm not exactly sure who they're, who they're going against but that's actually a thing I did want to talk about in the communication section here the main thing that I've really started to enjoy from, from this regime that's leading the club right now is that they're very very bullish with their communications and more so uh, recently firstly we had the 
completely botched hearing for whether fans were going to be allowed in, our fans were going to be allowed into Shark Head. And then latterly, when we're asking for the audio coverage of the penalty incident, you know, and the releasing of the VAR offside image to be added to the, the highlight reels, they're starting to call this stuff out, which is great to see. We've been we've been crying for that for years and years and years to get them out. You know, this dignified silence works well when it works well, but it doesn't always need to be the case that we, we need to do that um, all the time. Um, so, I mean, Rangers are on to them now and, and wait till you see what happens. It'll be very, very interesting. You know, like, if you consider if you've ever challenged a bully or a sociopath or a narcissist or, or whatever, consider their actions and reactions, you know, because they become they become confused. They become incredulous, like almost... And, and they fall very, very quickly into victim mode because they can't comprehend that, one, they might have been wrong, and two, that they're actually being challenged. So we're, we're going to see some weird and funky stuff, I think, and, and behaviour and, and whatever uh, over the next wee while, no doubt, and some bizarre spins on things. And, and I trust that Rangers, I really genuinely do, folks, trust that Rangers will stay firm and strong on this and that, that we are, that, because we're very obviously in the right and they're in the wrong, but they can't admit that. So they're going to just come out and try and some way have a bit of buff and bluster to, to justify what they're doing. Just admit that you made a mistake, admit that you'll, that you'll be better for the mistake and then move on. But they don't seem to want to do that. So it's really time for some openness and transparency to, to come to the forefront but will we actually get that? I don't know. Time will tell. It's very, very interesting. But good for Rangers for, for really going after them. And, and thanks to the communications folks for all that they do on the Rangers front. Okay, okay. That will do it for this week, my friends. As always, I'd like to take this opportunity to thank you very, very much for taking the time to listen. And please do share it with whomever you think might enjoy it. Until next week, enjoy the Kelly game tomorrow. And here's to the world-famous St Mirren continuing their fine season as well. Until next week, folks, take care and all the very best, okay? Cheerio now.